Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate Capacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Inflation numbers are out, so maybe I should go get a bottle of whiskey. We'll talk about that tonight. We have Pastor Daryl Scott, Curtis Howe, and Congressman Chip Roy on fire today. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time to talk about the economy. You know what we have to talk about, right? It's not like I'm celebrating it. We got a great show for you tonight. All kinds of great guests, a funny light in the mood, but we got to deal with the elephant in the room. And no, we don't have a feminist here in studio today. It's time to talk about inflation numbers, and they're really not good. I know you've already heard. Let's look. Let's go over them together. Okay. Buckle up. Big boy pants on or big girl pants. 8.3% for April. That's uh, pretty much a 40-year high. Every single person in the United States of America is poorer. And to get more specific about it, here are the specifics on what you're paying. Gas is up 44%. Airfare, 33%. Eggs, 23%. That particularly hurts me because these two little monster sons I have eat like a dozen a day. All right. Used cars, 23%. Hotels, 23%. Bacon, 18%. Chicken, 15%. Milk, 15%. Furniture, 15%. Coffee, 14%. Beef, 14%. Electricity, 11%. Rent, 5%. On and on and on it goes. Now, before we get to the plan, I don't want you to roll your eyes. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but we're never going to forget this, and we're never going to let this go because we do have to remind everybody why we have inflation. I understand all day long with all your TV shows you watch and all the radio shows you listen to. I don't know why I pointed to my ear. You don't put on headphones to listen to radio. Whatever. With everything you watch and listen all day long, what have you heard when it comes to inflation? Joe Biden. Stinking Joe Biden. Joe B- Biden. inflation. Biden, Biden, Biden. Okay. Look, I hate Joe Biden as much as anybody. Joe Biden has certainly made inflation worse. There's no question about it. But the truth is, Joe Biden is not the reason we have inflation. 
He's not the reason we're heading into a worldwide, remember this is much bigger than America, a worldwide economic recession. And in my opinion, just my opinion, I believe we're heading into an actual depression. It's not Joe Biden. Yeah, he's made it worse. We're heading into a worldwide depression because some egghead somewhere decided that you can stop and start an economy at will if your country gets a virus. Yes, I'm talking about it. Coronavirus got here and we shut down an economy? 15 days to slow the spread? Everyone go home? And then after shutting down the economy, we decided to just keep it shut down? And then when people were saying, uh, I need money, these big corporations were saying, I need money, uh, people, individuals, I need money. The government just decided to go to the old printing press and start printing trillions of dollars with a T. And so if you're upset about eggs, milk, chicken, rent, electricity, gas, if you're upset about these things, can you blame Joe Biden? Sure you can. He's certainly partially at fault. But the truth is the most financially damaging idea in the history of mankind is the idea you shut down your, your, your economy in response to somebody getting sick. And that's exactly what we did for two years. And now you're going to reap the whirlwind. Because as I've said several times, panic has a cost. And it's expensive. Very expensive. Now let's get back to Joe Biden. Because like it or not, he is the man in charge. And I'm sure he and all his brainiac economic advisors have sat down and they've got a plan, right? Right? And I see, uh, and as I see it, everything, everything, the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we build is inflation. You know, we have no plan. They have no plan. My plan is to make concrete, concrete. Republicans kind of want to make, and Congress want to make, I know. I can taste it. The, uh, with, with, with the Department of, uh, uh, with the cap, and I, I also call for a cap. Number two, uh, I think that, uh, um, you know, it's... We're so screwed. All right, but hey, look, it's not all bad news, right? It's not all bad news. I will have you know, Congress, they got together yesterday because they decided there was an emergency out there. And so they got together, they put their heads together, and they said... Hey, guys, we got to pass a bill. We got an emergency situation here, and it's critical that we pass a bill. And they did. They passed the bill. Passed through the House of Representatives. Good news, right? Oh, not for you. I mean, you, you didn't think they met about you, did you? No, it's about Ukraine, right? Of course it's about Ukraine. It's the, it's, oh, you're not getting anything. No, no, no. You, you are getting, well, I should say you're giving uh, 40 Four zero forty billion dollars to Ukraine. Where specifically is that money going? Oh, I don't know. No one really knows. It's very vague. We're going to talk to Congressman Chip Roy about that next. He's going to give us some updates because he is a congressman. We'll see how much time he had to read it. We'll ask him specifics about what's in it. But yeah, no, they just decided in an emergency situation here at home, they decided that was the time to pass a $40 billion bill for another country. And look, hey, these Republicans, don't ever accuse them of being out of step. Mitch McConnell, he's got the pulse of the American people. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I think we all agree the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. I had a chance to call the president last week and request that the Ukraine package move by itself and quickly. Uh, he uh, said, let me think it over. He called back in about 15 minutes and agreed that we need to do this uh, Ukraine only and quickly. Of course. Most important thing going on in the world. What, you don't think it's the most important thing? What, are you worried about your gas prices? Stop being selfish and give your money to Ukraine. And look, it's not even just that. 149 Republicans in the House of Representatives voted for this monstrosity. How many stood with you? 57. 
It's not, that it's, it's not just that the Republicans voted for it. The vast majority of Republicans voted for it. And it is funny, because I have the list right here printed out for me by my great production team right here at the first. Shout out to Matt and Michael and John and the crew. It's weird. I'm looking at this list of people who voted no, voted the way you wanted on Ukraine. I'm looking at this list of people, and there are so many names that sound familiar to me. I see, uh, oh, Cawthorn, Roy, Chip Roy. Again, we're going to talk to him next. Green, Marjorie Taylor Green. How about that? Lauren Boebert, hottest woman in Congress. That's important. Hmm. Bishop, North Carolina, great guy. These are all the people. Oh, Massey. What a shock. Massey voting right. These are all the people I'm constantly being told to hate by everybody, not just the left, not just the regime media, the, our betters on the right, our politicians and pundits on the right, they're, they're penning a new article every day on why I should be very disappointed in Madison Cawthorn and Marjorie Taylor Greene makes us all look bad. Makes us all look bad? They appear to be in Washington fighting against the military-industrial complex and for what I believe, and maybe, just maybe, that's the problem people have with them, no? Look, let's talk about gas. National average, $4.40 a gallon. That's That's not the price of gas in California. That's the national average. That's the highest of all time. And I do want to make two quick points before we wrap this thing up because we have a big show. I have to go a lot of different places here. Diesel fuel. Diesel fuel is in short supply, meaning diesel fuel is about to go up, way up. We've had this conversation before. We're going to have it again. I know this is uncomfortable. No, I'm not wrapping up the segment. I know this is uncomfortable. Let's talk about it. I want you right now, as you're watching me here on the first, maybe you're home on your smart TV, maybe you're watching on your phone or pad. I want you right now, Look around the room, just real quick. Look around, what you got? I've got all kinds of stuff here in the studio. I got fancy microphone stuff, and uh, there's clocks and TVs and lights and all kinds of stuff here. How much of this stuff came on a truck? 100%. How many of those trucks, what percentage of those trucks run on diesel fuel? 100%. If diesel fuel goes up, and possibly doubles, I'm hearing people say that, the cost of everything in your life goes up right along with it. You think we're in a recession now, you just wait for that. And one other thing, this baby formula shortage is a really, really, really big deal. It's something people aren't talking about right now, but young mothers, young mothers, well, young fathers too, they care for and nurture their wonderful new babies as they should, and right now, Women can't find formula to feed their babies. And don't be tempted, by the way, you may be one of these people, oh, they should just breastfeed. There are a lot of reasons people go for formula instead. Some women can't, there are sometimes medical issues. Don't do that. Women need formula to feed their babies. Lots of them do, and we're running out. In fact, rationing has already begun. This is where we are. Say a prayer for him. We'll help out where we can. All right, we have Congressman Chip Roy coming up in just a second. Before we get to him, though, I do think I should read you an email. Now, all that stuff may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. This won't, though. My email says, Jesse, hello. I just wanted you to know. I grabbed the long piece of paper. I just wanted you to know. I finally bought the three-pack air purifier package. He's talking about Eden Pure. Holy smokes. I haven't heard that in forever. What a difference. I can't believe it actually works. I can breathe better. The dust and the air is gone. They've been plugged in for 24 hours. It's a great product. Thank you. Every day. Every day I show up to emails thanking me for telling you about Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It's just this little black box. It's plugged right into the wall. Cleans your air out. I don't even have allergies anymore. Let alone the smells are gone. Viruses mold. They have a three-pack for sale for my viewers. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE, and that gets you a three-pack for under $200. That's $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back.
Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. You want to talk about the institution? You want to talk about standing up alongside Ukraine? Why don't we actually have a debate on the floor of the People's House instead of the garbage of getting a $40 billion bill at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Why don't we talk about the American people who are hurting, the wide open borders, the inflation that's killing people, the jobs that people can't get because of the cost of goods and services in this country? Sitting here and being lectured to when I don't even have time to look at a $40 billion unpaid bill. I make a motion to adjourn. Forty billion dollars with a B. Didn't even give people time to read it. This this government is so scummy. Joining me now, my friend Congressman Chip Roy, who one of the few Republicans, sadly, who actually voted against this. 149 voted for it. Congressman, uh, does Congress honestly believe that this, there's an endless shelf life on treating people in this country like crap? Is this something they believe? Well, Jesse, um, I don't have the words to, to, to put in context how frustrated I am at my Republican colleague that only 57 voted no on a $40 billion bill that was not paid for and that was filled with all sorts of slush fund dollars for the State Department and bureaucrats to dole out in whatever liberal way this Biden administration sees fit. We don't trust these buffoons to tie their own shoes much less spend $40 billion. Yet Republicans just gave them a blank check because I don't know, they want their pretty little blue and yellow lapel pin. I don't know what to say, but it's absolutely asinine. We can have a reasonable debate about doing our part to help Ukraine. I've never said we shouldn't. And in fact, I've voted for a handful of resolutions and measures to show solidarity with the people of Ukraine against the horrors of Putin. I haven't worn the uniform like you did and like a lot of my constituents did. I try to represent the American people and all those that do wear the uniform and be somber about what we're doing. And these jackasses in Washington just throw, write a blank check and throw $40 billion to the wind and throw the American people into more debt and more questions about whether their kids are gonna be involved in a war while these fools won't even debate it. We had five hours, Jesse, before we were voting on this thing. Five hours. Can you explain exactly how big it is? I, I want people to picture in their mind what you were given five hours to read. How big was this bill, Congressman? Well, interestingly, unlike some of the monstrosities we get, 2,000-page bills with, like, you know, six hours to read, this was actually only a 30-page bill. But let me tell you why that's actually a problem in this case. We didn't debate anything about the substance or the strategy of what this administration is allegedly doing. Now, keep in mind, I've only been given two briefings about Ukraine from the administration. Those two briefings, they got everything wrong. They said Kiev was going to fall in three days, right? They said all of these things that didn't really turn out to be true. And now you've got the administration just coming in saying, we want $40 billion. You've got the, the Democrats on the Hill saying, sure. And then you've got Republicans because they're all beholden to the industrial defense complex, rubber stamping it and saying, sure, yes, sir, may I have another, right? That's the problem. And if you look at the 30 pages, there are all sorts of undefined terms. that's just, here's money to the State Department to go do refugee resettlement. Here's money to the State Department to go all of these non-governmental organizations. Here's money uh, for you know uh, Ukraine on defense purposes, but then we don't know exactly how that dollar is going to be spent. Uh, we're doing open-ended things with vague terms with $40 billion unpaid for. I can't stress that enough. Remember the old debate of guns versus butter that you had to sacrifice at home in order to pay for the wars abroad? No, no. These clowns just say, write another check, mortgage your kid's future, step into the middle of war without an actual debate on war. And that's the other thing. They say things like, well, we're at war. Well, hold on a second. We never declared war. 
Are we at war or are we not at war? Don't you think we should actually vote on that in the people's house? We should vote on that. And what blows me away with this, Chip, is I have not heard, and I know a lot of people on the right, normal people, people with big platforms such as yourself, I have not heard one positive word about this $40 billion yet today. Not one. Not one person has stepped up and said this is the right thing to do. So you mentioned they're beholden to the you know, military-industrial complex. Those are my words, not yours. But don't they look at poll numbers? Don't Republicans look and see? Uh, we have bigger fish to fry right now. At least my constituents think so. Well, if I'm giving them some grace, I would tell you that they kind of get caught up in saying, well, we need to stand athwart Putin and not give any uh, rope for Xi or others of our enemies to go down and say they're going to harm America and so forth. But hold on a second. If you're going to have that debate, well, then let's have a robust debate about what our posture ought to be vis-a-vis Putin. Let's have a conversation about what NATO should spend, European allies should spend. Let's pay for some of this stuff. But you don't just go throw half our javelins over to Ukraine and go, oh, sorry, guys, go write an $8 billion blank check to go fill and backfill our stockpile that just got depleted. You don't do all of this and never open up oil and gas, which is the very thing that empowers Putin. You don't do all of this, write the check, and then don't have an actual hearing or debates here of the entire body, like we somberly have done when we've declared war in the past. No, no, this is just more of the same. We Somebody stands up and says, oh, bad people in the world, America must do something. We write a blank check, and then everybody runs to it. We've got to stop that. To your point, though, the vast majority of the American people are tired of that. They want us to do our job. They want us to focus on home. They want us to secure the border. They don't want us to commit our troops and blood and treasure to war without doing the somber job of debating it. I have a list here of the 57 nays on this, and it, something struck me. I'm obviously not going to read all 57, and I said as much publicly this morning. I see names like Roy, of course, on this list. Green, Bobert. I see Cawthorn on there. I see Bishop. I see... I see all these people, and you know what all these names have in common? Massey, of course. I, I see all the people the system is constantly telling me to hate. I, I, I see Republicans. I see regime journalists out there telling me these are all the people who are the nut jobs, the crazy people. These are the people who make Republicans look bad. And yet all the people who make Republicans look bad are always voting the way I want. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> well, that is the swamp that was actually the genius behind Trump's attack on Washington that he saw and what the American people responded to is getting tired of seeing the swamp do what it does. That's the swamp in action. Those of us, and you'll, you'll see, and you pointed out, there were 57 no votes. 28 of those were my House Freedom Caucus brothers and sisters. I wish it had been unanimous. Take that up with the Freedom Caucus members who voted for this. But there was 28 uh, of the Freedom Caucus and then another 29 who are kind of like-minded, at least on some issues. That's a good thing, but that's far too few. Uh, we need to have a majority of Republicans. We need to have unanimity among Republicans that we should debate on bills. We should spend, we should pay for that which we spend. We shouldn't be committing our men and women or our resources to a war without having a robust debate about the strategy and what's gonna be in our national interest. And we should stop doing the same old thing here in Washington. I will note we had a great debate this morning about border security. We're changing things, uh, Jesse. I just want to make clear it's just taking a little while to get there. But everybody watching this, hold your members to account. Hold me to account. That's that's why I ran. Uh, I'm here to change Washington, change the swamp, and I don't really care who the hell I piss off in the process. Chip, finally, we see the inflation numbers this morning. I know the administration is spinning away, but 8.3% is brutal. I mean, it's backbreaking, especially on working people, people who live paycheck to paycheck. They can't, they can't do this. People are having to make lifetime adjustments right now. What's your reaction on all this? Well, when you spend five-something trillion dollars and you dump that into the American economy, and Jesse, you were one of the very first people out there, you know, uh, uh, making this really clear. Uh, you shut down your economy, you spend $5 trillion, you dump it all out there, of course you're going to have inflation. When you shut off oil and gas supply, of course you're going to have inflation. If you shut off oil and gas supply, then try to get involved in a proxy war, and then try to ban imports of oil and gas in order to carry out that proxy war while not opening up American oil and gas, you get inflation. This is the truth. Any basic understanding of Econ 101 would tell you that. Biden doesn't want to address it. 
they don't want to address the fact that diesel inventory is actually remarkably low and you stare out over the summer people are going to have a wake-up call on the cost of goods and services when trucks having to fill up with diesel are spending two three four times what they're having to spend uh the american mm. people are sick of this but republicans can't do what they did last night which is sign another 40 billion dollar blank check and expect the american people to rally around them as the savior we got to put our money where our mouth is yeah. If it costs a thousand dollars to fill up a rig, which it does, people, that turns into two thousand. You're paying for all that. Congressman Chip Roy, please keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, sir. God bless you, sir. Take care. We need that guy in leadership. I mean, I've seen I've seen enough. Why do I have a list of fifty-seven? Why isn't it every Republican? It's pathetic. All right, it's enough of that. We have Pastor Daryl Scott. He's going to join us next. It's always a lively conversation with the pastor. Before we do that, look, we just talked about inflation and why we have it you know we don't have to belabor the point anymore why do we have all this inflation because of the lockdown insanity and maybe you're still mad about it i still am i always will be maybe you're thinking right now hey i gotta go out and get some stuff today i i'd love to go to a business that didn't didn't stand with all that i want to know i want to know which of my local businesses stood up for me and my freedom go to the app store right now download public sq Apple, Google Play, whatever you got. Public SQ. You want to know which businesses share your values? How often do we talk about putting our money where our morals are? There's an app for that now. Public SQ. Go. We'll be back. I love hearing from people of God. And no, I'm not talking about my next guest, Pastor Daryl Scott, author of the book, Nothing to Lose. I'm talking specifically about the Speaker of the House. It just touches my heart to hear her read from the book of Matthew. The impact that, his, that it is having on food for the world. So when you're home thinking, what is this all about? Just think about when I was hungry, you fed me in the Gospel of Matthew. Oh, Pastor. I swear, I mean, for a moment, I know that looks like Nancy Pelosi for a moment. I thought Elijah has been raised from the grave to preach to us again. Yeah, Nancy doesn't need to quit her day job and decide to go into <laughs> preaching as a full-time occupation. You know, it, 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 it's funny to me how the Democrats pick and choose portions of Scripture when they want to uh, further whatever their political agenda is and then ignore other parts when it conflicts with whatever their political agenda is. She doesn't want to talk about scriptures that um, uh, talk about how precious life is and how God said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you, indicating that uh, life begins at conception. They don't want to talk about that, but they'll pull a scripture totally out of context right there in Matthew chapter 24. That's not talking about feeding every hungry person that you come across, because if that indeed did, they would do more to combat the homelessness in America. <laughs> So she pulled it out of context that, I don't know, whoever wrote that speech for her, they needed to leave that part out. Pastor, it's not surprising that a snooty San Francisco liberal would be out of touch with most of America. That's not exactly surprising. But it is surprising the percentage of her colleagues, Republicans and Democrats, who seem to think the American people are just whipped up in a frenzy still about Ukraine, Russia. I mean, everyone I know cares about Ukraine and the refugees, but they're much more concerned about all the disaster we have locally right here. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, we know how the news cycle runs now. To be quite honest, the war has gone on too long. And as a result, people have begun to lose interest in it. And once again, you can't, if you're going to approach the topic of feeding some people that are without food, I mean, then you have to make it worldwide. It's like what they used to tell us when we have bubble gum, we bring it, we get caught chewing gum in school. The teacher would say, unless you have enough for everybody, then you have to spit yours out. And, you know, we have too much going on at home, and there are too many other third world countries that have entire continents that are suffering uh, from, from, from lack of food or whatever. So you can't just pick and choose what further your political agenda and say these are the people we need to help and we'll leave the others uh, alone you can't do that speaking of not really caring about poor people janet yellen uh sat in front of congress and boy did she have a doozy to say here it is are of teenage women 
um, particularly low income and often black, who um, aren't in a position to be able to care for children, have um, unexpected pregnancies, and it deprives them of the ability often to continue their education, to later participate in the workforce. So there, there is a spillover into labor force participation, yeah. but yeah. and uh, it means that children will grow up in poverty yeah. and do do worse themselves. Thank and you. Let me let is, me just say my time harsh. on the topic. This I, is the truth. I'll just simply say that as a guy raised by a black woman in abject poverty, I'm thankful to be here as United States. <laughs> One, while I'm not the biggest fan, you got to give credit to Tim Scott for blasting her away on that too, Pastor. Are these people even human anymore? Does that person re does that person understand the words coming out of her mouth? Well, if you're going to grow up poor, you might as well just off the thing. After all, you got to go to college. These people sound like demons, man. First of all, I've heard the race car played in a lot of different scenarios, but I haven't had it, heard it played regarding abortion yet until now. And especially this being played by a white woman at that. Now, she's playing <laughs> the race car, and she's insinuating that the only black women that get pregnant that need an abortion are poor broke black girls that if they have a baby they're going to wind up broke busted and disgusted trying to get on welfare but then she says continuing their education so are they getting pregnant in high school and they can't get a diploma or are they college students that get pregnant they can't go on to get their master's degree and they're saying that if they do have a baby the baby's going to wind up so broke and poor and living in poverty so bad that you might as well kill it. And just, you know, you're doing it a favor. You're gonna do this baby a favor by killing it so it doesn't grow up poor. I mean, this is just the dumbest, stupidest stuff I've ever heard in my life. This is the dumbest reason. And another thing, they act like only poor black women get pregnant and need abortions. Like no rich white women get abortions. No middle-class white women get abortions. Only poor black women that are either in high school or college get abortions. Yeah, I've heard that argument. I've heard that argument as well. And let me just tell you, as a man who's been around a time or two, <laughs> the whole abortion thing with women is universal. Every income, every every skin color, it is something that has been poured in the minds of women in this country for years. That it's okay. Oh, you got to save your college scholarship. Oh, you got to save this. You got to. Oh, I've seen it all. All right, Jen Psaki. Jen Psaki doesn't seem to have a problem with protesting in front of people's homes, pastors. I guess it's on. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date. And we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes. And that's the president's position. Um, pastor, is that the new standard now? As long as you're peaceful, gather in front of a home. Is that where we're at as a country? Well, you know, why don't Jen Psaki just release her phone number and her address, excuse me, and let everybody come to her house and have a kumbaya out there. As long as it's peaceful, as long as nobody's breaking her windows trying to come in, it should be all right. Now, here we have elected officials. The purpose of the protest is intimidation. It's not simply to just voice displeasure. It's intimidation. We want to affect this uh, decision before it becomes official. And that's the purpose of it. And Jen Psaki is saying she doesn't see anything wrong with it because it's the left that's doing it. Now, if the right was doing it, she'd be outraged. She'd be um, disgusted. She would be uh, uh, everything but happy if this was the right protesting something by the left. But she doesn't feel that way because it's the left doing the protesting. Finally, Senator Lindsey Graham, he's, uh, I'm not a fan, but they, they, I realize he's been around. He certainly uh, has had the ear of President Trump, the rightful president, I should say, recently. Well, there's some audio coming out. Here it is. It doesn't sound very good for Lindsey. We'll actually come out of this thing stronger. Moments like this reset. It'll take a while. People will calm down. People are, I don't want to be associated with that. This is a group within a group. And what this does, it will be a rallying effect for a while. Where the country says we're better than this. And Biden will help that, right? Yeah, totally. He'll be a, maybe the best person to have, right? I mean, how bad can you get it, Joe Biden? <laughs> uh, Pastor, 
this obviously doesn't look great. Lindsey Graham is a man who sits down with Trump regularly and they talk. I can't imagine that's going to go over well next time they have a chat. First of all, let me go on record as stating this. Lindsey Graham and I are friends. I mean, I have a cell phone number. He and I are friends. And when I see him, I will be sure to bust his chops about that because we're those kind of friends. You know the kind of friends you have when you see each other. All you're doing is trying to bust each other's testicles. So I'm going to break his balls about this. You can believe that. Now, you have to realize, though, Lindsey is a career politician, and Lindsey wants to keep his job. And Lindsey was like, look, I'm sorry Trump lost, but I'm not going to lose my job because he lost. He's like, hey, you know, I've knew people that quit their job or lost their job and wanted me to quit mine because they got fired. Lindsey's like, I'm not doing that. I'm a career politician. I'm doing whatever I have to do to preserve the Lindsey Graham retirement fund. And he's known <laughs> Joe Biden for years. He's like, Joe's the new president. I don't want Joe to be mad at me. I don't, I don't want, you know, he's doing what he can. He's a politician. What do we expect out of him? And now, yeah, here's like, the thing, though. You know, they're, they're calling him a rhino and different things now, but the president still sits down with him. I was down in Mar-a-Lago a month ago, and him and Lindsey were having dinner together. And um, I don't know how this is going to affect his relationship. This rhino term is a very subjective term because, let, let me go on, let me say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say what everybody's thinking. You get a guy in Ohio like a J.D. Vance. If you didn't endorse J.D. Vance a year ago, Everybody would say you were a traitor to the party. You were a rhino. You were a secret Democrat because J.D. Vance said Trump was Hitler. J.D. Vance said he was never Trump. If you'd have backed him then, you would have been the enemy. And a year later, the president endorses him, and a lot of people looking around like, what the heck? We don't know what's going on. So this rhino term and all that has become very, very subjective, and um, sometimes it's just better to sit back and wait. <laughs> yeah. Pastor Daryl Scott, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. All right, man. God bless you. All right. We still have more. We have Curtis Howe coming up next. But first, let's talk about something. I want you to do something for me real quick. I want you to go to 2022marketmessage.com. 2022marketmessage.com. Because the same guy who predicted the last disaster is predicting another one. He's not just making some wild, vague prediction either. He's giving specifics and maybe something you can do about it. It's not exactly news. We're heading into a recession. I mean, we're in a recession. Where's this going? Nowhere good. Let's find out. 2022marketmessage.com. Go get educated. Let's figure out how we can protect ourselves. 2022marketmessage.com. We'll be back. Amy, you just heard Michelle refer to uh, the anti-abortionists as terrorists, and she has a point because the quote-unquote people who call themselves pro-life, um, they achieve this through violence. There is violence, and it is terrorism, and I think it's very important for us to recognize that it is Christian extremism that is at the root of the shame and the stigma that allows laws like this to pass, that allows justices like this to be uh, confirmed, and this does not represent the majority of feelings and beliefs of people in this country. Well, sounds like we're all having continued sane takes on abortion here in America. Joining me now, my friend Curtis Houck, of course, of the Media Research Center, the great Media Research Center. Curtis, uh, Media Research Center has out today ABC, CBS, NBC, featuring a bunch of anti-life nutjobs who call us terrorists, Curtis? Yeah, as you see the graphic there, 153 pro-abortion soundbites versus only 57 pro-lifers. We started, obviously, the morning after the Politico leak, and we went through last night. And yeah, that number is pretty stunning, but it's pretty bad also when you break it down by the network. CBS, 61 soundbites from abortion supporters to only 17 who support life, 53 uh, to 27 for NBC and ABC 39 to 13. So no matter which way you slice it, it's a complete and abject disaster uh, for the news media. And it reminds me so much of the banning books discussion that we had over the last year or so. The media spent all this time saying conservatives are pro-book burning, pro-censorship, all these horrible things. They just want to keep students from reading. 
But when you ask them to actually read the books in question that parents have concerns about that went to school board meetings and said, this is inappropriate for our kids, they're not really looking to read these graphic novels because of the language and sexual material in them. The same thing goes for abortion. Why aren't you actually talking about what abortion is? Especially just for the sake of time here, the third trimester abortion or even second trimester abortion. Uh, what does that even look like? No, we don't want to talk about that because uh, if the more you actually explain those sorts of things and for people who somehow haven't been made aware of what abortion entails, the polls would get uh, would dramatically swing the other way. It is amazing how much different it changes one's opinion when it goes from a woman's right to choose to a woman's right to carve up her unborn baby like a Thanksgiving turkey. Those two things actually do have quite a difference in the mind of Americans. And actually, I have a separate thing I wanted to ask you, Curtis, because you're the media expert, I am not. How does this always happen? Okay, well, the media is biased, we know that. The media is left-wing, we know that. These are all things you guys are great at pointing out every single day, and I'm glad you do. But how do you load up every show with pro-abortion people? Is that a TV host thing? Is that a producer thing? Does this come down from the very top of all these TV networks? Is the head of NBC saying, hey, I, I want a bunch of baby carvers on the show today. How does it actually work? How are we constantly given endless propaganda only from the left? There's a number of examples here. Well, the first of all, the first one that I can think of is they're mortified of the abortion lobby. They're terrified of Planned Parenthood, Emily's List, and all uh, the rest, NARAL. You know, just like a lot of these Democrats who know some of the crazy crap that's going on, all these, you know, uh, encroaching, you know, communism uh, in the country, they're so afraid to go against their own base. They're just deadly terrified about what would happen to them or how and how they would lose their cushy jobs where they don't actually have to show up now because of the pandemic, uh, where they don't have to have their offices open or vote. The other reason is, I think, A, B is just groupthink. They genuinely believe that this is the right way that, you know, there's really no two sides. You know, we saw this a lot with the Trump era where both sides is we can't have both sides is you know, one side is right. The other's wrong. So we have to load up uh, on one side. So it's purposeful. Then the third one is when these people sit around, there's others where it just genuinely doesn't occur to them. They are that stupid. Their skulls and their bubbles are that thick where it doesn't occur to them that there are other people out there who may feel differently. Um, and that's why, you know, I've heard this recently, so I can't take credit for it, but there's a reason why conservatives are much better about identifying, understanding, and rebutting leftist arguments than leftists are with conservatives, because we have to deal with all of this crap, and they don't. Yeah. Yeah. You never have to con confront an opinion on the right if you're on the left, right. unless you purposely seek one out. All right. Speaking about opinions, inflation numbers came out today. Biden administration seems obsessed with trying to spin these as positive because, yeah, there was more inflation, but not as much as we thought. Is that what they're going with, Curtis? <laughs> Jim Shudo of CNN says inflation took a breath this month. <laughs> I don't, I don't, woo! like, woo, because it didn't go from eight and a half to 8.6. You know, it's time to celebrate. Uh, it went under eight and a half, so party time. Um, no, I, that's exactly what they're doing. They really are trying to celebrate this, and they're really shameless and continuing to kind of spin the wheel and whatever it lands on, whether they want to say COVID or they want to say Putin. Now they want to say Republicans because apparently Rick Scott is like public enemy number one of the state because, you know, he put out one proposal and it's the end of the world that's going to raise everybody's taxes and it's going to shoot the economy through the roof and everybody's really scared of it. You know, or you know, some people might talk about blame Elon Musk uh, for causing instability in the tech world. But it, 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 I would say that, yeah, they really are trying to celebrate this as uh, proof that we are turning the corner. And I, and I would just ask if there was a White House press briefing today, but instead Joe Biden is in the morally and economically bankrupt state of Illinois, unfortunately. Uh, I would ask Jen Psaki, you know, you guys have said that this was transitory. You know, why, why is it, what does transitory actually mean to you guys? Can you actually define what transitory means? And whatever happened to the release of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve? How's that working out for you? Well, not that well, considering we just reached basically an all-time high for average gas prices, but I'm glad you asked, Curtis. And in fact, that seems like an appropriate time to bring up the head of our new Ministry of Truth. Her name is Ginny, or <laughs> Nina Chinkowitz, 
At least that's what I call her. And she had this to say about the now verified truth of Hunter Biden's laptop. The, the accusation is that Hunter Biden, in serving on the board of a Ukrainian company, which, you know, he is allowed to do, he was not the only foreign expert serving on, on the board of a Ukrainian company, was involved in some corrupt behavior of that company. This company has been investigated for a long time. Burisma is the name of the company. Uh, there's never been any indication that Hunter Biden was involved in anything untoward. Uh, there are questions about whether he should have taken that board appointment, um, given his, his father's role as you know, the Obama administration's main emissary to Ukraine. But that's not necessarily something that Joe Biden has control over. It certainly has nothing to do with, uh, <laughs> with, with Joe Biden's policies toward Ukraine. Curtis, obviously, Nina Chinkiewicz doesn't want us talking about this, but how often have the networks spent time on Hunter Biden's laptop that we now know to be true? Uh, I'm going to use the number that should be really easy for Joe Biden to understand. Zero. Zero across the board. Um, you know, first of all, listening to that clip, who among us hasn't served in on a foreign board before of <laughs> energy Ukrainian gas companies? The other one is, why else would, you know, I'm sure Hunter was just talking about family recipes and a family scrapbook uh, collection when he flew with Joe Biden on Air Force Two all of those times to the other side of the world. I'm sure that they didn't talk about business or anything like that. You know, the only place that Nina Jankowitz belongs is rich white liberal wine mom story hour with Nicole Wallace on MSNBC. And, and then the last thing I'll just say is she keeps saying no evidence. And this is the thing that leftists would do a lot with Trump when he would call out the left or a press secretary would. They would just say there's no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. Just because you say something doesn't mean it's true. Um, you know, and uh, P.S. on that is she and a number of other journalists have done this to couch the questions about Hunter Biden saying that there are questions. Yes, questions, not just that we are raising, but that the U.S. attorney in Delaware and a grand jury have as well. So those are pretty serious. Um, so we'll see about that. It, it certainly appears that the U.S. attorney in Delaware is having a lot more success in uh, looking at Hunter Biden than all the nonsense in New York uh, that the attorneys there uh, with the city and state of New York uh, with Donald Trump. Certainly does. Curtis Houck, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. All right. We got light in the mood coming up next. And while I normally would tell employees of a store or if there are shoplifters to just let it go, don't risk your life, right? They got insurance. I have to say... This is pretty impressive. Hang on. All right. That was a lot of heavy stuff for the day. It's time to lighten the mood. And look, if there's one thing I can appreciate, it's athleticism. As a supreme athlete myself, it's one thing I appreciate is athleticism, especially when it comes in the form of Best, Best Buy employees trying to stop thieves. Look at this lateral movement. That's amazing. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me. Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning.
Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone. Testosterone fueled again. Maximize your masculinity today at choq.com. Use the code Jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life. Choq.com code Jesse. Limited time offer. Subscription cancelable at any time. 